0: It loses its value, really. So let's just say here, you know, in mind, you want to see like mind. There's different densities of mind. So there's mind appearing, yeah, and then there's mind that has the imminence of appearance or potential appearance. Let's say thought streams, and then thought streams find an expression through a thing called Mm you, and by entertaining the thoughts, you, there can be an action that aligns itself with those thoughts, and then there's an event happens seemingly based on those thoughts. Yeah? That guy's out to get me. I'm going to get him first, and then something happens, and it seems to have been a thought or a thought stream was there. It, it activated the conditioning of the apparatus. The conditioning apparatus reacted, and then there was an action, well, then that mind thought. Found expression it showed up it got it had an appearance here on the stage, yeah it created some drama or some excitement or um, incomprehensible demoralization many many things again happiness, joy, it can produce a lot of things yes but it's it's not a, it's not really manifesting it's just it's manifesting to you you're aware of them as a thought, but no one else is seeing that your quote unquote thought at that time, yeah. They're, they're witnessing other thoughts. yeah. So the thoughts are constantly hovering around, and then there's emotions and feelings that are seeking expression, and they find it here through what? Us. We're the facilitator of experience. yeah, Because we're conscious, and so we can be conscious of an experience, and then we're self-conscious, so we become conscious of that there's someone having the experience, and that makes up the story. Yeah? Animals don't have stories. We give them stories, and when we make those stupid movies, animated movies, where we have dogs and cats talking, and we give them a story like a person, but the cats and dogs don't have stories. They're they're conscious, yeah, but there's no one that's there's no one that's aware of being conscious. Like I'm, you know, Fido. You know, I'm this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some fucking name and form that was given to the dog. It's now claiming all the experiences and. Collecting them in biffism, so to speak. And this makes me biff, you know? I go here, I shit there, I smell that ass, I do this. This is, this is what comprises biff. I'm biffing right now. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening, they're just experiencing these experiences, they're having experiences, yeah? Mostly rooted in instinctual drives, yeah. And then they get socially constrained by us if we domesticate them. And if, if we can't domesticate them, we shoot them or kill them, usually. <laughs> <laughs> because they're bothering us, or they're a threat to us. You know. But a human, something manifests through it. And then the human has its self-conscious. So therefore, it has, it has a feeling, of sense, a feeling of being a self. So that feeling of being a self sort of collects the experience. So it's not really a clean experience. It's sort of claimed by a mental process. The mental process is producing the feeling of being a self, which is, I would call, selfing, yeah? Selfing is not what's driving you crazy. It's the the feeling of being the you driven crazy, that's the product of selfing. The feeling of being a you that can be driven crazy, Mm -hmm. that's the product of selfing, yeah? The product of selfing isn't to drive you crazy, The product of selfing is to to initiate a sense, a very strong sense that there's a you that can be driven crazy. And therefore, if there's a you that can be driven crazy, there's a you that cannot be driven crazy, which causes a huge amount of seeking not to be driven crazy, which drives you crazy, even more, (laughs) yeah? Because it's a failed system, you know what I mean? So as soon as it entertains the possibility that I'm getting screwed, Of course, it seeks the possibility of not being screwed, yeah? And so it's constantly spurring on mental activity to figure out how I cannot be screwed. And really, that's the primary screwing, yeah? Because now you're obsessed with the idea of being a self, yeah? When you're obsessed with uh, with the idea of being a self, life is never very rarely experienced or held as happening. It's happening to you all the time. Yeah. So immediately, you're now living at the end of a, a mental tunnel of interpretation. You're like the, 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 the depository of all of those takes about life happening to a you. You now become that. You become all the possibility the mind entertains about what it could mean to life be happening to me. What it could mean that this is occurring and not occurring. And what it could mean. And it just floods yes? It floods the space with tons of meaning about life in relationship to you. Yeah? What does it mean to me? What it is that? And then we can pontificate about philosophies, about what's happening. But basically, they're all sp- usually based on the fact that there's a you and it's something's happening to <laughs> you. Yeah? Something's happening to that you and that you wants to figure out what the hell is going on with the hopes that I would give it an advantage to maybe you sort of jip and jive from what's happening to it. You know what I mean? It's like running down the hallway of shitting fans and just trying to figure out how can I, you know, it's like a gauntlet. How can I not get hit with so much shit? Yeah. <laughs> so philosophy is about what shit, and this and that, but you're still having the experience of getting hit with shit. The philosophy really doesn't work. You know, you just have a story. I haven't been hit by shit, but you're stinking and it's all over your face. No, there's no shit, and there's no face. It doesn't really hold water. That's what mostly minds are doing. They're trying to, they're trying to escape the results of, of the possibilities that they're entertaining. Yes. So you're entertaining, you're separate, and entertaining separation brings on a lot of mental possibilities that you're probably not aware of. You're thinking maybe I'll be special, and I'll be right, I'll be so unique, everyone will want to be with me to get a little bit of that uniqueness to rub off. But you don't understand how the conditional mind views separation. It can view separation in a very hellish way. It can view separation as, I really need to be loved and I've never been loved this whole life. Yes, it can have some exquisite stories about the trials and tribulations of such a unique person in the realm of separation. (laughs) You can write books on it, and poems on it, and and put music on it, and everything like that. But the fundamental dynamic doesn't get lifted, yes? There's a you that life is happening to. This idea, this message is to question that you, not so much what's happening. Because what's happening is mostly an interpretation by mind from the point of view of self-centeredness. That's what's happening. And you may think it seems very unique to you, but that's part of its interpretation is the terminal uniqueness. So that you are isolated and that you don't, you won't be able to ent- entertain a possibility of being free because no one knows how you feel. No one's had the thoughts you've had. No one's been through the situations you've been through. Or whatever may be a physical condition is your little flagpole of uniqueness. or not. Uh, the mind rallies around it all fucking day. <laughs> and it writes a great story about it. And uh, in that story, obviously you feel like someone who could get out of the, the story. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say if shit's really happening and you, can, you, entertain the possi- you really entertain you could be out of it, but you're not seemingly out of it, it makes it worse being in it, doesn't it? When you're in shit and you can entertain, you could be out of it, but it never, that entertaining never takes you out of it. It makes it worse being in it. Because you believe it could be different, yeah? That's what the mind does. That's why people have their love of their life, but when they're having them, when they're with them, they could care less about them. But when that love of the life leaves, then they become the love of their life. I'll never, my source of happiness has left me. Well, you were living right with the source of happiness for a few years. You didn't seem to be drinking from that source that much. You know what I mean? But now that it's gone, it suddenly becomes the elixir of all elixirs. You have to see what mind's doing. It dramatizes the lack of something by the wanting of it. That's what it does. (laughs) And a lot of times, if you notice in life, When you've been put on the dime and actually get what you want, see what happens. (laughs) You usually can't dance with it (laughs) wrong, because that's not what mind really wanted. (laughs) What mind really wanted was to want it. It didn't want to have it. (laughs) Because as soon as it has it, it's put on the dime, so it has to want something else. (laughs) Because it it just wants to stay in the seeking mode. It has no intention of finding the last thing it wants to do is find the solution. <laughs> because that's a whole other ballgame. Something may be, have to be dropped if you find the solution. Your tenacious belief in seeking for the solution. Yeah. <laughs> because you have a mythical idea of the solution, and it's probably not going to be like you think. And to the head, it's very disappointing because maybe no one's going to recognize how special you are now that you're awake or whatever or how unique you are. They could probably care less about you. Just like you thought they were caring less about you because you were not awake, they'll still care less (laughs) about you when you are awake. (laughs) 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 So... You have to see the mental carousel are not meant to be caught. It's <laughs> just meant to be, you know, so the mind's engine of seeking can stay going lubricated and really well-oiled and fueled up. You know, it doesn't know. It doesn't want to find. So, The system has its own uh, limitations, yeah? You'll never... self can't get out of self. So if, there's a f- if the mind is taking, s- taking itself to be you, the you can never get out of the you, the you can't transcend the you, it doesn't exist anywhere other than in this mental process of selfing, there is no self, yeah, there is no self, there's no individual entity, yeah, it isn't, it's a production of a mental process, so you have to see, it's only relevance is in the mental process, it can't transcend the mental process and be a self. And there's a lot of mind that... A lot of mind's modality has no self as a center. It's centered in something other than self. Yeah? That's what we were talking the other night about. Most people are self-centered, and then there's a possibility of being centered. Yeah? And centered doesn't mean it's in any fixed location. It's actually everywhere. That's the beauty of being centered. Because wherever you are, that's the center of it. Yeah, And self-centeredness... Wherever you are is not where you're ascended in. You're ascended in, you're ascended in past and future. Yeah? That's what self is. Self is in a mental realm of time. So it's here is not here. It's a mental here. Mm-hmm. It's a here of there and then. It's a lot of past in it, and there's a lot of future expectation and antipi- anticipation in it. So it's drenched with the mental possibility of yesterday and tomorrow, the here of the mind. That's not here. Here is not of that. Here is, here is not of that. Here is best captured by what we call a pause here. When there's a pause in your little linear story of life, something happens, and the engine of selfing stops for maybe a second or two, and then there's a pause. You think it's a moment, but it's really not a moment. It's, it doesn't have a time quality to it. Yeah, we book it anyway. with, oh, I wasn't feeling the pause, and now I'm not feeling the pause. So you put the pause into time when it's interpreted, but it's not a time. Yeah? When you're in it, you'll know, you sense it. There's no time and therefore it's laden with possibility because it's timeless, yeah? overrides anything to do with time. So what took like 30 years to build up some bullshit story can be in, s- in a nanosecond, <laughs> in a pause really. What you thought was a constant bonding agent applied day after day can be weakened like that in a pause because it's timeless and the solution is timeless. All solutions in time are, are failed because they're not going to lead to timelessness. Maybe they'll lead to an exhaustion in the reliance on a timed solution, which could lead to timelessness. But any time process isn't going to lead to timelessness. Timelessness interrupts time processes. Yeah, it's just like that. So the pause isn't is like a, an obvious moment a lot of us have had that you can recognize the timeless solution. Yeah? In that pause, that can go on eternally. Yeah? It really can. It is going on eternally, actually. The in- mental interpretation goes on about time, but the pause is what's actually truly going on. This is space and empty mind. Yeah. yeah. The time is a, like a, a story running along with it. It's not running along with it because it's not moving, it's just all there is, but it's running. There's a t- it's like a ticker tape at the bottom of a screen, mm-hmm. telling a story about just one holistic picture, breaking it in into days and events and situations and different people, just slicing it, yeah, and com- producing a feeling of time, of like continuum, but it's just produced, it's not a real. What's really happening, every pause is an un- in another self the same pause you had a pause when you were young and then you had one, let's say, eight years ago and then right now, mm-hmm. if they'd, all have, they'd have all have the same quality. There'd be no difference between the pause of eight years ago and now, because it's not a time. You know? It's a timeless little, like, slice of life. You know? It's the whole pie, but we see it as a slice. You know? But that slice, what it does, just like the hologram, it represents the whole pie. In a pause, you sense timelessness, yeah? Once mind gets onto to the scent of timelessness, it starts seeing one of the qualities of its own nature. And then it starts denying the acquired nature of the conditional self, yeah? That I'm a time creature, and yes, I have to work <coughs> and do this and do that to produce <coughs> this effect. That works here in building something, yeah? But it doesn't work in knowing your own nature. It doesn't work it's misapplication it's like something that works with building a truck or a car but it doesn't work in knowing yourself or knowing the truth well you can't know the truth you are the truth but it doesn't work in that kind of knowledge you you can't place a time-based process on it it's not going to produce timelessness (laughs) timelessness isn't produced it's just recognized yeah (laughs) it's just the recognition it's not a production (laughs) you can't achieve that recognition it's a recognition It's like unbridled mind Mm. seeing. And inherently, you are unbridled mind. We're acting as if we're conditional mind, but that's just an act. We are unbridled mind. So while every moment supposedly looking at things and perceiving things as separate and solid and real and all like that, all the while the dream is under production, the context of the dream is available because it's mind. It's mind that's dreaming. Yeah, the mind is not the, is not in the dream. The mind is dreaming. One aspect of mind is dreaming. There's a lot of aspects of mind that aren't dreaming. <laughs> yeah, and you can access it because you are mind. <laughs> yeah. So once you access it, it starts uh, liberating the uh, this this appearance from the bondage of self. Yeah, that's what it does. You get relieved from the bondage to self. You don't get relieved from self because there isn't any self. You get relieved from the bondage to self, see? Mm-hmm. It's not self that's t- causing the trouble, it's what you are being bonded to it and forgetting what it is and taking yourself to be the qualities of what it takes to be a self, yeah? That's, that's the bonding. The bonding is, is <laughs> self isn't got any juice. It's what bonds to self has the juice, yeah? Mm-hmm. And when this takes itself to be a self, it enlivens the story of being a self. I mean, it gets real, yeah? I mean, doesn't it? It gets real. You get to really feel, this is an authentic feeling of sadness. This is, aye, Incomprehensible demoralization is a very pow- powerful experience here. Pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. For one who has been under it, it is incredibly juicy, isn't it? It's not... There is nothing called pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization that you finally was dragged to and then had to lay on and then, oh, i got incomprehensible demoralization. Like, you know, sleeping on a bad bed. Oh, yeah. No, it's something... <laughs> it's <laughs> what happens when the mind takes itself to be so much the self, It can, it can make experiences of incomprehensible demoralization in such a forgetting of my own nature and such a taking this nature to be real, it can be extremely painful. Yeah. It can produce an exquisite suffering, yeah. really. But it isn't, the, the, it, it, there is no thing called demoralization that's producing it, it's the mind being convinced of what it's not and then being in certain circumstances as that which it's not produces it. Yeah. So it is a delusion. It is an illusion, in a sense, produced by certain factors. And I would say ignorance or the ignoring of our own nature is the biggest factor. When the mind ignores its own nature and takes on the total qualities it assumes a self would have, it can really Produce its own little private Idaho of hell, you know. It's, it's pretty, pretty, dramatic. I've been there, you know, and a lot of people in this room have been there. It's a pretty damn good production. <laughs> it doesn't. It feels as real as real can be to you. You'd be you can sitting right next to someone else, and they're having a great day, but you're seemingly in hell. That's that's the power of subjectivity. The subjectivity is of mind. It's not from objects. Nothing has an objective meaning other than what the subjectiveness gives to it. Yeah? There is no thing here that has an objective meaning. It's all about what the subjective gives it to. Yeah, it gives the meaning to it. And if that subjectiveness is hook, line, of taking itself to be a limited, frail little apparatus that at at every possibility during a day may not get what it wants or what it needs or lose what it has, it can produce very very uh, dense forms of anxiety for that apparatus I mean it's it's you know the mind can entertain unbelievable things and it can entertain separation and it's doing so right now in many of our lives it's entertaining what a mind in a condition a certain way can entertain what separation could be like and there are people sitting in a hotel room right now at Sixth and Market going through that hell trying to drink some cheap vodka to try to stop it, try to get some relief. And, and that's a total logical solution at the point where they're at, where the mind has gotten to. That's a fucking logical solution. Let's get oblivious. Let's just go unconscious. The most beautiful gift of all, being conscious, you don't want. You want to be unconscious. That's an incredible mm-hmm. level of bondage to self that consciousness itself would want to become unconscious at all costs. That's a profound uh, interpretation, don't you think? Mm -hmm. So this is about seeing what could facilitate such an event becoming commonplace for a lot of people I know. What would facilitate that happening? I would say it starts with the misidentification of mind. When mind takes itself to be something it's not, then all of its ability to entertain is now funneled through that vision of being a limited self that maybe has a belief that it's never going to be loved. and Then all that awareness gets to be enslaved to that idea to prove that to be right in, in a life. It's a very powerful light that's being magnified by this very weird distorted lens called self-centeredness. And it can produce a lot of appearances. It can make hell. You know, it really can, for many people. And some of that hell will be dragged out in time, like people have killed people in blackouts, and now they're in jail the rest of their life, and they don't even remember the event that brought them, put them in jail. They shot someone, totally unconscious, totally loaded, and when they woke up, the rest of their life has been defined as an action figure, has been defined by that one event, and they don't have any memory of that event. They don't know why they killed the person. they don't know nothing. And yet, every day now, they are living in time doing time in this place of appearance and that's a damn that can be a damn good hell. it can also be that they can find liberation through that in a sense but a lot of people I'm sure they're really super pissed that they're in jail and they have no reason why they don't know why they are in jail yeah, this is some of the possibilities that a mind in separation can get up to really and it can find it can it can entertain incredibly intricate downfalls <laughs> for one, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where yeah, you have no idea how you sp- fell down that slide, and you could never have done it justice what it was going to be like when you ended up in in that space that now you're residing in, yeah? <laughs> no <laughs> fucking way. That's what happens. People, it gets unbearable today, and then they, they give in to that, and they get a little relief, and then it, makes, it finds expression of an un- a real long, drawn-out unbearability. This is what can happen here. But if I'm not that, if I'm not that, which is what lays all the other possibilities of hell to me, is the idea of being a self who could be in hell. If I'm not that self that could be in hell, that isn't hell anymore. That's the way it works. So there's freedom. Because inherently, nothing actually is happening as it seems to be happening. And it's definitely not happening to you. Happening, but it's not happening to you, and that's your out. Really, the out is you, there was never an indoor, you never walked into anything, you never were the person that's there, and therefore, there's no need to get out. And that's being out. If there's a need to get out, that's being in, <laughs> <laughs> really, that's how it works. But if, if there is no me in there, then that's I don't need to get out, that's being out, <laughs> really. You know, My being out of here, here is being here. When I was trying to get out of here, that was me being in here. Now I don't try to get out of here, and that's me being out of here. It's fucking crazy. It looks like I'm here, but I'm not here. Or it looked like I wasn't here, and I was totally here. Everyone, you're totally spaced out. Yeah, that's what I wanted, but I'm still here. As The more, as the more spaced out I get, I'm still here even more. But now I'm here, and that's, I'm really out. <laughs> so they say, oh, you're really present now. Yeah, that's, I'm totally out of here. out <laughs> of yeah, yeah, that's it. When you're present, that's being out of here. Seriously, that's the feeling of it. I'm telling you, I'm giving you my secret. Because <laughs> I still want to be out of here. <laughs> but I, I just found a better way. Just be here. And the fact is, there's not even a, a a suggestion or a command—you are here. You can't. There's no choice of being here. This is it. So it's totally choicelessness in a way. That's the solution. Once you ent- once choice enters in, then what happens is it's an either-or possibility. So what's holistic and just the way it is now becomes it could be and could not be. And then the mind just keeps opening that envelope geometrically, and the dualism just expands into thousands of things. But basically, if you folded all the cards, like if you have a big map, you fold it, it always usually goes into one nice little thing. has tons of little things that open up, but if you brought it back, it's just one little thing. Yeah, it all folds into one thing called a map. But when it opens up, open up, open up. And then you got the whole life story, Yes, I could have gone there, but I ended up here. Oh, I should have done this, but I did that. And then all these different, I should have been in Idaho, but I'm in fucking Washington. What happened? I wanted to be there, and then it's just, <laughs> and then you're here, and that's that, and therefore you're not. When you're totally here, you're not here. Yeah? When you're totally here, this, you're not here. That's the news. If, you'll, if there's one little aspect of mind in selfing that doesn't want to be here, you're here as much as you could possibly be. Everything seems really real. Mm-hmm. When you're totally here, it shows its true nature. It's unreal. But if you try to make it unreal, you give it the quality of being real. And that's what the mind's constantly doing, isn't it? It's trying to make things unreal here. I don't want this to be the way it is, but it is the way it is. Yeah. Why not start there? instead of so Most people start at, oh, I don't want to feel this feeling. They don't acknowledge that the feeling was felt. They don't acknowledge the conscious content they acknowledge the interpretation of possibility after the contact. I didn't have to feel this feeling, which is total bullshit. You did feel the feeling. You didn't. There was the feeling of the feeling. That's already happened. You have no say in the matter. But the mind immediately wants to rise up. I didn't want to feel that. <laughs> like, like the feeling was imposed on it. No. That's just a narration of conscious contact, which causes us, if we're listening to it, to be unconscious. That's what it does. You slowly give up life, and then you live a narration. You live, you live for the voice in your head. You, you people call me up, and they keep telling me they're really worried about how other people are thinking about them. They're only your thoughts. You're putting the, your thoughts in their head, and then wondering if they're thinking. <laughs> way I'm thinking about me, that's really flipping me out. They're not, I'm telling you. <laughs> they're not thinking about you much at all. But they're feeling so self-conscious because they worry worried that they're thinking about how other people view them as an object. It's freaking insanity. Jesus Christ. You don't see it, how way out that is? That you're sitting here and you're not even here. You're in someone's head assuming you have this great clairvoyance that they have the exact thoughts you have about yourself that causes you to feel the initial discomfort. And now you're projecting it on them and then get mad at them for putting it on you when you're the one who's putting it on you all day. The you that you're not. You're not worried about how they think about you. You're worried about how you think about you. (laughs) You just think they're mirroring it, (laughs) Yeah. If I could just get rid of them, I'd be fine. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) You won't be fine. (laughs) It's agitation Selfing is total agitation of mind. You have to see it It's like it's building its platform On a very shaky foundation It's like, like Jesus said sand Don't build your house on sand So here's your house of Here's the sand of identity You're taking yourself to be self Which is an unreliable system So it's unreliable. In other words, there's no balance. There's no, you cannot find balance while you're relying on self. If you're relying on self or self-reliance, it's unreliable. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So you're building a very, and you think it's very precious what you're building. It's called your life. (laughs) It has a lot of special meaning, (laughs) and yet it's constantly shaping. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and every time you look out the window, you don't know if the window's going to be like this or this, and, you, and you're judging everything from a very skewed point of view, just pro- proclaiming, "I know, I know how I am, I know how it is." I, you have no fucking idea. You're like you're you're in a room of darkness, speculating about where the door is, where the chairs are, who's in the room. You have no clue. Yet you can't. You know the whole damn time. I know. You ever work with anybody? and you're suggesting something, I know, I know. No, you don't fucking know. If you knew, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. You'd be living it, yeah? Oh, I know that. No, you don't know it. <laughs> this I know is t- the precursor to, for no, ab- no information getting in. The I know, yeah? It's like, it's like if we're sitting in this room and it was night and they turned off the lights, problems would ensue, wouldn't it? If you weren't familiar with the room, you wouldn't know where the door was. You hit things while you're trying to walk out. You bump into people, knock over coffee. You, maybe you can't find the bathroom, you gotta take a piss, You go in your pants or something. Then you have to cover that up by putting a sweater over it or whatever, you don't want anyone to see. But it's dark anyway, they can't see the stain. And all this happening, so people are here very, you know, like entrepreneurs selling you maps where the bathroom is. I know where the bathroom, I saw it once. <laughs> if you go left here, $5 please, five And uh, and I have a key, you may <laughs> need the key, and, and this is where the whole, and it's on and on and on. And then you buy knee pads so you stop hurting yourself, banging into things, and everyone just sort of succumbs to the reality of the darkness instead of just finding the light switch, turning on the light. Once there's light, you don't need a map. You know the door, you see it, you know it says bathroom, you read it, you don't hit the chairs anymore. You're not spilling coffee, because you can see, yes? See, see. Awareness is the key. Awareness is the missing element. We're conscious, but we're not aware. We're so aware of being something, we become unaware of being conscious. We're not aware of our own nature, which is consciousness or a spirit, Yeah. We're unaware of it. We're hyper-aware of how we look maybe, or how we think we look, and what we have, and the exact amount of money we have in our checking account. We're consciously hyper-aware of all that and maybe what we think people are thinking of us, and all the thoughts about us, but we're very unaware of being conscious. We're not aware. We take it for granted. We don't sense the seeing of an object, we, just, we see the thoughts about the seeing of the object. We're totally engulfed in the idea of the narration instead of the real game of life, which is living, which is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And what that possibility of seeing implies is that there's not a seer, there's just seeing. There's just awareness. There's no seer. The seer is not you. Paul is not seeing. Seeing is seeing. Seeing is hearing, seeing is tasting, seeing is feeling, seeing is seeing. Yeah? This all... Seeing is, is, is what's making contact through all these gates of the senses, seeing is, or awareness. That's what I am. I am that awareness which is seeing, which is hearing, which is feeling, which is tasting, which is touching. And it has an oneness to it. It's like a buzz. You can sense it. You have the ability to sense, to intimate it. And in that intimation of it, what seems not to be so becomes presence. Because it is presence. But it becomes presence to you because you're now aware of it. It's always been presence, but you are now aware of the presence. Yes? As as it appears in space. Well, it is space. You can sense it. While you're living, you're on, and that onness is like a generator in a way. There's a certain hum it puts out. Yeah? That hum... It's like the onness, that's the being, that's what I am. Everything issues from that. Not this isn't what's being, this issues from being. There's nothing prior to being, yeah? I'm not here, I am not the one that's seeing, yeah? Seeing is actually seeing the production of the feeling of being the one that's seeing. Seeing is seeing the self in. Seeing is seeing the mental process. Yeah? Seeing just doesn't see things, it sees subtler things, like thoughts, it sees it, it sees. And in the seeing of that which is producing the feeling of self, I must not be what that produces, because I'm seeing it, I am prior to what's producing the feeling of being me. And for me, if I'm me and that's what I am, there's nothing prior to that. Me starts with me, but me doesn't start with me, me starts with I the eye of awareness, yeah? There's just, the mental process is just, instead of just staying in humble recognition of that, it's claimed it as an activity it does. I'm the one that's seen. It claims life. It doesn't bow down and, and have a, take a humble position towards life as seeing life as all it is. It claims it. It, jocks, it sort of, it mentally jumps on the back of life and starts riding it as if it's doing it, yeah? as if it has control over life, and it makes a big story about, yes, I did this and I didn't do that and I pulled up here, when in fact that's not what happens. (laughs) But the mental process is adamant about believing it can put itself prior to the Mm seeing, as if the seeing is something I do. (laughs) Well, then stop, try not to see when your eyes open and the bird flies by the window. Try not to see the bird. (laughs) If your eyes are open, I don't give a damn where you're looking, you're gonna see what's in that field of looking. (laughs) I didn't want to see that, but you saw it, yeah? Because the seeing is much faster than the claiming of it, yeah? (laughs) The seeing happens, then the mind claims it. And then it op- has opinions about what it saw, like, I shouldn't have seen that. <laughs> Which to me is playing God. That's what it does. It plays God. <laughs> and The whole premise of the book, really, in recovery is to quit playing God. I mean, it's, to me, it's the unspoken step. The biggest one of all, the, really. You can't do the third step or actually you can't attain the third step to its fullest unless playing God is, is seen through, you can't because you'll play God with the third step you'll be the one who surrenders to a God of your own understanding which will be the self's understanding and it will be a weaker God it will to you, always you, you'll never this selfing is like the Old Testament God, it doesn't brook any other God placed before it it's playing God, it plays God with God who tells you how you're doing with knowing God? This does. It's playing God with God. Yeah? That's what it does. And it plays God and every every the basic extent is claiming. That's where it starts. It just claims God. It claims being. If you want to use the word God. It claims the uh, the expression of being as something it's doing. I mean, you can't be more arrogant than that. And you know. From that position, it can only go downhill because it doesn't have the ability or the equipment to actually play God. It just can't, it's way too much. It's too much light being put under a magnification because while you're magnifying everything, you don't realize you're getting magnified, the you. Every contact you have during the day is really reflecting the you that was in contact. It's claiming conscious contact to reinforce its identity playing God all day. Yeah. And if you try to quit playing God, that's also playing God. Yeah. So self can't get out of self. So you can't use its logic because it's like a, a, a thumb twister. It's like a Chinese thumb torture. If you try to logically get out of this, you never get out of it. You have to see maybe I'm not that centered for self. If I'm not that, that's being out of the system. So like Einstein said, you can't find a solution from the system that produced the problem paraphrasing it yeah you can't seek help from the, sol- the system that produced the need for help <laughs> you have to go to somewhere to another source and you can't go there as a self you see the system is mobile self-centeredness is mobile because its its root is identification ads so wherever you're living. And you're taking yourself to be the you that's living, that's self, that's self-centeredness. So the self center isn't in any place, it goes where you go, yeah? Wherever you are, taking yourself to be Paul, that's self-centeredness. And that in that place, self can't get out of self. Yeah? So self can never transcend self. So when you entertain that way, there's an exhaustion in, in that trying, and then that's getting out of it. You realize you were never in it. That's the way to get out of it. Is The problem is truly imaginary. It truly is. And if it is an imaginary problem, what more do you do after recognizing that? Nothing. You just recognize it and the mind shifts. Yeah. Maybe it'll shift back and forth for a while, but if you keep repeating the message, I believe repetition's helpful here, it will it'll click and stay in that new recalibration. And then, instead of having a sense of irritability, restlessness, either very low or high degree, as the running engine of your life called seeking, that will flip over to like a basic ease and comfort during your life, which is rest. So one life one one life is centered and one is self-centered. Self-centered is an agitated life and centered can be a restful life, though agitated. Yeah? There's still rest in the agitation. In self-centeredness, there's agitation, and there's agitation even when there's peace outside. The mind never finds rest, because it's always afraid it won't stay the way it is. So if it has a really good situation, it doubts that it can stay that way. So it's always agitated. mind is always agitated in itself. There's no rest there. We find rest by shooting drugs and things like that. We try to get out of it. But there's no rest. But in, in centeredness, there's a rest. And then even when it's agitated outside, it doesn't need, it usually doesn't comply with the inside, and it's still a rest. So this starts outshining the circumstances and situations in one's life, and you travel lighter. That's what you do. I mean, I don't have any uh, big plans at all. All I know is that every day, whatever the geography of my day is, I travel lighter over it than I used to. And it's been going on for a long time now, so... I have a great, uh, I've been convinced of what I fell upon you, what I entertained is so because of its fruits, you can just tell that it works, (laughs) you know, and it's always available at all times, and there's no requirement necessary from its side, not at all, you play God, it doesn't, it is God, it doesn't have to play God, it is what it is, I am that I am it doesn't have to act like that i am it is that i am this isn't that i am so it acts like it all day i am yes i am very special and important in the center of this universe so it plays it all day but it can't be it yeah. <laughs> it just can't it sucks really. so this is about that and that's why i like sharing it keeps me amused all the time so I think that's over, but we're gonna end anyway. So, well, uh, yes. Any questions? No. Yes. No. No. you. have a question? All right, Jeff. This is your one of the month. You only have. <laughs> it's only a couple weeks left, so yeah. use it So, well, as the awareness of the consciousness appeared in space, timeless, that's our three minutes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. What you're intimating may be possibly to you, yeah? That's the good news.